to Race the Bottom episode 13. I'm your host, Joe Harmon. This week's episode, I talk with Peter Taylor, blogger, writer of Bury Me in Exile. Peter's focus and love is Bury FC, a club that is featured heavily at the moment in the sports news. Unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons, Bury stand to lose their role and position in the Football League on Friday the 23rd of August. They have been issued with a notice of withdrawal from the EFL. Peter shares his love and his knowledge about Berry and his fears, not just of the club, but of the wider governance issues that are affecting the football clubs in this country. Hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is. Well, first, Peter, I just want to say thanks for wanting to come on to Race the Bottom and, and speak with me about, about your club, Berry. Really worrying times, you know, from, from an outsider looking in. It's not an isolated situation. There's a lot of clubs who are in similar situations as you and who who are, you know, Bolton, you know, not too far away from your experience in similar, but nothing as grave as what Barry FC and fans like yourself are feeling at the moment. Could you give us a backdrop of kind of what's brought Barry to this point? Yeah, so basically it started really six years ago, which seems like quite a long um, lead in time, but there's a very similar sort of financial crisis at the time. Uh, again, Barry had just been relegated to League Two that season in 2013. Stuart Day came in, made a lot of grandiose promises, like had an ambition to get the club to the championship within five years. Obviously, that didn't quite happen, and accrued, he accrued a lot of debts along the way, signing some players who frankly should never have been signed for a club that only attracts between three to four thousand home fans a, a, a game and has very little commercial non-match day revenue so last year it became apparent over over a weekend just before christmas that he was selling the club there was no official announcement that it was for sale or anything like that it was just Somebody posted on one of the forums that, oh, the club's been sold for a quid. There's a new owner coming in. They'll be announced on Monday. And then Steve Dale came in. Um, seemed, everything seemed fine for about six weeks, which is <laughs> very long. Uh, there started to be rumours back in February, March time that players and other staff hadn't been paid. And obviously this is during the midst of a automatic promotion run. Um, it fully came to light in the uh, start of April and that's when I was personally that's when I was really concerned about the future of the club first concerned about the future of the club in this current case uh, somehow they still secure promotion obviously everybody knows now that most of the players have gone and the staff have gone and the non-football staff most of them have gone also people have been there for decades and obviously Steve Dales um, sort of put the, the club up for sale and it's only, as we speak now, two days until the EFL um, make good on their notice of withdrawal, which is um, basically, in a nutshell, expels Barry from the EFL. 
that's where we're at. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, I, uh, you know, appropriately levelled at Steve Dale. You know, what I've read in interviews that he's given and his statements have become more agitated and bizarre. You know, the further this is drawn on, but it's wider than this, isn't it, Peter? It's wider than the mismanagement of two chairmen. Yeah, yeah. Not to downplay that at all. I mean, there are plenty of other clubs and. Some some of the fans of which you know I'll still like to point out even now live within their means. Mm. Nobody's disputing that Barry didn't and haven't done really almost as long as I've been a fan, and that's 25 years. There's been very few occasions where they haven't done that to an extent. But yeah, um, I'd say the situation is facilitated in part by the EFL and um, the, the governance, the poor governance of that. I'm not blaming the EFL for Barry's situation directly, just to say that there were lots of warning signs two years ago, both that Barry were going to be in this situation themselves, and also <laughs> there was an advisory uh, body looking at, a financial advisory body looking at the sort of financial status of member clubs back then that advised them basically two years from now or, or so there or thereabouts, this sort of situation would arise and the EFL sort of, at the time, collectively shrugged, shrugged it off their shoulders. Um, so it doesn't, it's not a great look for them that it's happening now. And their, their mantra has always been about the integrity of the competition. That's that's their main focus, really. They're, they're not a regulatory body. They don't have statutory powers to really to intervene to help clubs. Um, in, in a financial sense so there's been a lot of calls even before this for <clears throat> some sort of independent regulation of clubs finances looking more at the sort of the profit and loss rather than just the debts that clubs accrue themselves because they've obviously taken an example of Manchester United obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world have under the glazers plenty of debt and I'm not saying that that hasn't drawn ire from their own fans of course it has but a club of that size and of that power can service that debt. So it's not necessarily just about the debt, it's about the profit and loss as well. And I can't remember the last time Barry made a profit. I think they've only made a profit, a very marginal one, once in the last 10 years or something like that. And there's not no accounts from the last financial year to look through. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure they'll ever see the light of day anyway. So it's that bad. <laughs> Was it the tenure of the Stuart Day and, and Lee Clark kind of yeah. management the signings there you know in your bury me in exile blog you go um over the churn of players Does yeah it didn't it didn't start with, it? yeah it did accelerate it didn't start with clark um the very first summer that um stuart day took over as owner it was under, um, under kevin blackwell at the time it was a, a, a absolutely ridiculous churn of players you can look at the back of a match day program at the time and there'd be I don't know, 41, 42 players listed that weren't no actually in the youth team at the time. So, you know, it wasn't like it was being supplemented by academy prospects. That was just the ridiculous number of players that were signed that summer. It must have been 30 plus at least. And that churn kept going. Now, I'll, I'll freely admit that I obviously thought there was some sort of financial implication from that, but I didn't really pick up on it in in a big sense, until the summer of 2017, when Lee Clark, who, let's be honest, was, you know, he, he did save the club in one sense from relegation to League Two a few months before, but I wasn't, there weren't many fans that were exactly on his side anyway. And then, yes, that, that 
the, the signings on paper were very exciting, but <clears throat> personally, I didn't think he had the tactical or man, man management now to really get the best out of them. And then, you know, sort of the charge that's levelled at the club now is, oh, they cheated their way to promotion last season because they spent beyond their means. Really, the the reality is they cheated and got relegation in 2017-18. And if it had been under the, the auspices of a semi-competent manager, then may, maybe it would have been different. Maybe Stuart Day's vision would have been achieved on target, possibly. I mean, it was still probably... Most most pundits thought maybe Barry would get the playoffs or something like that. But it, it didn't happen that way. And the, the churn of players and the... As I said, the, the names of some of the players just really stuck out to almost anyone associated with the club, whether they were a fan or just somebody like yourself, an outsider looking and just thinking. Because I remember getting asked a lot all the time, "Oh, how very afforded Harry Bun? Like, even mm-hmm. to sign him, never mind his wages or whatever, because wages are just speculation, really. And I've seen some things where people have said, "Oh, a couple of players are on ten grand a week." That's not true, but maybe. After their basic and bonuses, maybe sometimes it was like that. That's the thing. That's the main reason why they're in this mess now is because most most clubs their main number one expense is player salaries, and you know that's that's why they're in this mess now is because that was way out of proportion to the income that they got. To fast forward, you talked about the promotion at, at the end of last season because the writing was on the wall then, wasn't it, of the situation that Barry found itself in? How how did it feel? The balance of the joys of being promoted and but also the the concerns of of where the club's going. To be honest, there wasn't really any joy in it. It was right only joy in the sense of oh, it might make the club more viable to be sold. That was a single joy in it, to be honest, because. That's not downplaying the efforts of the players and staff because it, you know, it was absolutely magnificent in some ways to even get over the line considering they hadn't been paid properly for by that time, two or three months, you know. So from that point of view, it was it was great, but just the thoughts immediately turned to really, really wanting Steve Dale to sell the club, and that was three months ago now, three and a half months ago, and obviously still in that situation now. Why they're nominally in League One, but obviously haven't kicked a ball and not looking good, really. To go on to Steve Dale, then, can you shed light or what's your your opinion on? There seems to have been offers that have been made from from reading you know, the odd accounts there. What's he got invested in? Why is the refusal to sell up? So it's only a theory, and it's a theory I happen to share. Basically, his intention was always, or people think is, was always to reduce costs. Now, nobody is going to complain about the, the need to reduce costs. That was blatantly obvious way, way before he ever came within you know, 100 yards of the club. But the way it was done was um, very unpopular for good reason. I've obviously mentioned about players and staff and non-football staff not being paid and such. But... Um, the, we think his goal was, um, oh, still is really, it was all in the CVA, that company voluntary arrangement, was to reduce the debts down to basically a quarter of what they were. And then it was about 10 million, but now it's about 3 million because right. football creditors all have to be paid in full under BFL and FA rules. 
So there was some there was some documentation where it said a, a director's loan of 3.6 million had been transferred over to him from the previous chairman Stuart Day. Now, obviously, he's not a football creditor in this sense, but what what we think he wants is his 25p in a pound from that, so 900,000, right. plus what he calls, quote-unquote, and he said this in the press many times himself, quote-unquote, something for his troubles. Now, there have right. been leaked conversations that have come online. Obviously, it's hard to completely, you know, know the veracity of if it's true but it would make sense basically he wants three or four million on top of that so he wants essentially five million for the sale of the club and you know not point too final point on it unlike say Bolton Wanderers who have lots of commercial opportunities perhaps in the future and the hotel which is kind of a separate thing mm-hmm. um, there aren't that many assets that the football club has so you'd have to have you know like almost like a bottomless ocean of money or be particularly invested in the club and can get together with other people to even approach that figure that he's asking for and it's all brinkmanship now because you know there's only two days left and we think he'll be holding out until the very last minute or the very last hour for the best deal possible not for the club, as has been quoted yesterday in the press, but for himself. Mm. Do you think um, there'll be any possible extension of the notice of withdrawal? I listened to James Frith, the MP, who had submitted a letter to the, the EFL. Do you think there's grounds for that, or do you think that's wishful thinking? Not grounds for extension, but grounds for freeze. I know that's kind of tantamount to the same thing, but it's a, a small but important distinction. Right. The freeze will only come if if and when Dale accepts an offer and then whoever the bidders, whoever the bidders are, um, show the EFL proof of funds, which is the whole sticking point as to why Barry haven't kicked the ball yet is because they feel that Steve Dale hasn't shown them uh, appropriate proof, evidence of funds for to last the whole season. So if somebody can do that in the next 48 hours I think the deadline is technically 5 p.m on Friday but let's say it's let's say it was just 48 hours from now somebody's got to do that in the next 48 hours and even if you know Steve Dale had a complete change of heart and accepted whatever bid from anyone that's still a very tight turnaround now for all that to happen and to avoid expulsion. Do you think um, if we take the issue wider Peter regarding these issues of mismanagement misownership of clubs throughout the football league, um, do you think it's time for that a, a national regulator to be introduced for reform to come? Yeah, absolutely. And even if Barry goes to the wall on Friday, I'd still say the same thing. I don't want, I don't obviously, I don't, and three or four or thousand other people plus don't want it to happen to Barry. But if the worst does happen, then I won't want any fan of any other club to be in this position where. Now, to be honest, it's had a big impact on my, my mental health, and I'm sure it has for many other people that I've read awful stories about and all this sort of thing. For, and this has been going on for months now, where it's been hard to sleep sometimes and all that sort of thing, just wondering what the next day is going to bring, because it never seems to be a good news story when when mm-hmm. something does break. Um, yeah, it's been time for an independent regulator for a while. Um, 
the governance of football as a whole in, in England, not just England, but just focusing on here, is a complete mess where it's not it's not easy to see where the FA stops and Premier League stops and the EFL stops and obviously the FA have jurisdiction over non-league, but it's it's a bit of a mess, to be honest. And the, as I said before, the EFL don't have statutory powers to overrule company law. So even though, for example, Steve Dale didn't pass one aspect of the fit and proper test, A, because it was, wasn't done in the summer, and B, just as I said, because it takes so long to do the check, he got through it without actually passing as has come to light later. So it just it just needs it just needs complete complete reform the whole whole, to be honest i have a i think the whole game needs a complete reform but in terms of financial regulation it needs it needs people to decide once and for all whether football clubs are like any other business so any other any other sector where obviously if they get in debt and such and such and administration and possible liquidation then they go to the wall like any other business or Football clubs, because of the popularity of the sport and generates ten billion pounds in to GDP in England every year. Whether actually there should be community um, sort of defined as community assets, where you know measures are in place to stop um, unscrupulous owners and you know, um, other businesses and just anyone from taking too much out of any one football club. That's what that's the sort of side I want to see, not just for Berry's sake, but for clubs that are going to find themselves in a very similar situation in the very near future without anything, without any intervention. Talking on a mental health level, Peter, and I do, you know, genuinely hope things are okay on, on that front on long term, but you guys have almost gone through this once before, back in the 2002 um, administration with like, which was an amazing community uprising with Save Our Shakers and the and and the kind of the bucket collections that I remember briefly at, at that time. Is it draining to see it happening all over again? Yeah, it is. Um, obviously, one of the things that most gets leveled at any fan of Barry is it's either been in the media just in general it's always the headline sort of cash strap berry and it doesn't matter what year it is what division they're in or whatever it always seems always seems to be the case and it keeps mm. going back now obviously supporting berry is never going to be an easy ride anyway or a club of that size nobody's <clears throat> nobody wants them or expects them to win every week and have millions of pounds and all this sort of thing but it, it it is very draining after a while to have a club to be a, a devoted supporter of a club that just never seems to learn any financial lessons, never has a a vision, an achievable vision for the future or ways to get there. And then sometimes good ideas are there, but then for whatever reason they get kicked to the curb very quickly. So. You know, you've seen other clubs where some of these come in, not not clubs that big, much bigger than Bury, really. I mean, Swansea, you know, for example, weren't that much bigger once upon a time, maybe just over 10 years, sorry, 15 years ago, maybe, because I remember them playing them a lot, and Brentford and clubs like that where, yeah, obviously, maybe some of these come in with money and a vision, but this always seems to be a long-term goal or something to make it more sustainable. Not that they haven't had their own wobbles, but 
it's just very draining. It always feels like, even now, that Barrier on the back foot. Like, like, like in December, where it was sold to sold to Steve Dale on over a weekend. They're always on the back foot. It's always some crisis emerging that needs resolving now, where you know people have been signposting, highlighting it a lot earlier than I did. Some people did it six years ago. I mean, it took me a, a while longer to really notice it, but there were people six years ago that were very concerned about the direction of the club. There were people concerned, obviously, in 2002, but it was more unprecedented then. Obviously, there was the collapse of ITV Digital, which precipitated a lot of clubs going into administration. And it felt as though there, were, there was more sympathy from a wider spread of people then for Barry's plight, because it was quite unusual at the time for, for a club to be in that position. Obviously, each subsequent financial crisis has kind of eroded that a bit, and, and I can completely understand why. You know, I, I get comments now where, particularly from, say, Shrewsbury Town and Tramier Rovers fans, where they say, oh, I don't really care if Barry get liquidated or whatever, because they haven't spent within the means and they haven't learned any lessons. And, and as I say, as bad as it is, in a way, I kind of think, well, yeah, you've got a point, in a way, as, as hard as that is. But as I say, it just never feels like there's a real, a real vision at the club to get the community on side and get the town on side and then to have just something more than sort of hand-to-mouth sort of philosophy. That's how it feels. It's frustrating. So hopefully, if the club can be saved, then that will change. If not, then it might have to be a Phoenix club where the fans themselves are the owners and, you know, have it more to their vision of a sustainable club in the town of Bury. How would you feel if it went down that road, Peter, if it became, you know, <laughs> yeah, or is it I something that you just don't even want to contemplate? No, I've I, I contemplated it quite a long time ago, actually. Because like I said, the, the warning signs were there in April and I actually made contact with somebody on the board at Chester. Obviously, they went through their own um, reform about 10 years ago. It was about 10 years ago now, eight, eight, nine, eight, between eight and 10 years ago anyway. And somebody at Supporters Direct about just about how you go up setting up a Phoenix club. Now, right. that drew a bit of ire from some fans because thinking on either, A, I wanted there to be a Phoenix club. Well, no, it's a, like the worst case scenario, really. I don't know, B, B unilat- sort of unilaterally doing it. But I, as my blog name is, I don't actually live in Bury, So for me, it's... It was just me trying to find out as much information as possible to help other people if the worst happened. So if it does happen, then <laughs> there's the old cliche about from adversity comes opportunity. And I think there would be an opportunity then. It might partly depend on if somehow a deal can be wangled to keep Gig Lane, as in the stadium. But I'm not sure if that can. If it could, then... The, the example of Chester that I mentioned, they were they managed to get in on appeal to grounds of appeal to the FA back into the eighth tier of football. So it wouldn't be that impossible from that sort of platform to one day get back in the EFL. But if not, it might be the tenth tier, and that could take, if ever, that could take you know a lifetime to mm. come back from. But 
if it meant having a just you know people who cared about the club working for it I mean not 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 there isn't now but if it was more financially manageable if the players that turned out just wore the shirt and put their best in then that's not too bad really it's, it's not it could be worse it, it could be a lot worse than that that's that's the minimum sort of vision for me is just a continuation in a sense but of community where actually maybe maybe down the line it might it might not be as bad as it sounds but it's not still not particularly brilliant to contemplate really your blog bury me in exile has had to take on a bit of a, a different tone reading over the the year or so of articles that, that you've read what what were really enjoyable match reports and reviews of players um naturally had to sway towards kind of the the darker side of what's happening what does it mean for you as uh, as a writer as, as a blogger obviously bury me in exile is a really really important part of, of what you do and who you are where would you go from there yeah it's, di- it's difficult to answer without without sounding like i'm playing the smallest violin in the world <laughs> for me personally i freely admit this i've never enjoyed writing about the financial side i can do it yeah no, no qualms about doing it but obviously because it's never it's never a positive when writing on the financial side it always feels like I don't know a bit ambivalent because I'm, it feels like I'm kind of doing down the club a bit because it's always something negative and it isn't really what I want to focus on it's um yeah because obviously like you say it was kind of doing it every month or oh, this happened this happened yeah. And then you know, like a tactical analysis, or where, where, what, which areas of the pitch could they improve under Ryan Law, which feels like ancient history now, and mm. just complete sort of paradigm shift away from that. And it makes it very hard at the moment to continue writing on the site without just the articles becoming very similar, where it's just going, oh, there's this many days to go until oblivion possibly, probably, as, as we speak now. Uh, in the future, it's very hard to say, obviously. The likelihood is I don't think it will be saved. And then the club won't immediately liquidate, but obviously without being an EFL member and being in any league this season, then it'll lose most of its value overnight. And then it probably will liquidate from there. So... It's why I took the decision. Why I took the decision a couple of months ago to become a freelance writer it seems like the worst time impossible now. But it's meant I've had to think about focusing away from very more and yeah. just more general League One and Two stuff, mainly because that's where my knowledge base is. And just on another personal note, I had a hell of a lot of things lined up for the summer that's just gone with the club itself and people who are working and connected with the club at the time i was going to launch my own podcast as well at the time i mean that's not it's not gone forever but it's been everything's been sort of kicked into the long grass to see what happens yeah yeah yeah. i mean i had an offer to write the match previews on the official club website for this season but Obviously, that's not going to happen now because even, even if they do get saved, it's because I had a, a rapport with somebody there at the time and I was able to, through them, interview some of the players, like Adam Thompson, for example, who 
I don't even know if he has a club anymore. And it's that's just you know it's it's, a, it's an own very sad story. Um, just had a lot lined up, and it just means I like I said that I'd have to focus away from that. Or if there was a Phoenix club formed, then I'd like to be part of that as far as I can from 150 miles away in its setup or even just getting the word out there maybe through my blog that there's a you know some sort of very fc or whatever they'll be called um in, in the future to get it to get it back known back out there um but yeah but it's very hard now to to know really what direction to take i still want to continue on doing writing because personally i enjoy it 99 percent of the time i get very good feedback about it I've, done stuff for other sites not to do with Barry but I'd like to continue on doing stuff for other sites and do podcasts and all that sort of thing but you know, not always about Barry but just the just the possibility of there's still being able to write about them that's the main thing still being not always a focus but just part of it that would be great but it's not, not really in my gift to know whether that's going to happen unfortunately no no it's um it is upsetting it's uh to speak to you and have an idea of how it affects the the personal side of it is um is something that perhaps we uh we miss especially you know being the the, the club that it is you know it's a, a small town you know and, and we always talk about how how clubs are, well pretty much outside of the the premier league but give give the premier league it's due all clubs play a role in the in the community and um but more so the, the further down the, the leagues that you go and to think of the players that you spoke with and and the staff that you've developed relationships with are no longer there in those capacities and the fallout that it has um yeah is is something that it is really sad and it does like you said it really does need to be looked at on on that wider scale for the good of the game itself for the good of the community but peter i just want to say thank you very much thanks for giving me the time to discuss your knowledge and your love of during what is a really hard time i imagine no no problem you're welcome um i can only hope that the magic wand is waved and uh and and you guys do get to stay within the football league in any capacity. It would be a, it would be a tragic thing. Um, but I will keep abreast of your work. And uh, thank you very much for the time that you've given us. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for having me on. As always, I'm massively grateful for anyone who gives me the time to speak about their expertise, their knowledge, their love of the game of football and I think it's very clear with Peter that it comes from a very heartfelt place, what he's feeling now, and that must echo throughout many, many Berry fans. Um, I think the positive thing is that there is tremendous support coming from many facets of the game. Many clubs that perhaps would be considered rivals in different situations have lent their support to the likes of Peter and to Berry FC. And we can only hope that uh, Friday brings a positive outcome. Thanks again to Peter for giving me his time. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, please give it a review and a like on the relevant podcast platforms. It will allow more people to see it and enjoy it. As always, you can reach me on Twitter at RTTB podcast for Race the Bottom podcast and at Ginola's Left Foot for my Twitter handle. Uh, you can always check out the website racethebottom.net. Thanks for listening as always. Speak soon.